Hello, hello. Thank you again for joining me here in the CTO studio. I am your host, Nikolai Walker. We are joined again today in studio with Casey Kleindainst, who is the Director of Supply Chain Management. And I want to start off this interview by asking a very direct question. This is part two of managing expectations that we were talking about last week. So Casey, if I can just use that example of Six Flags that we talked about last time and ask you to apply it to a business that, say, is going to sell eggs so they start by buying the chicks they can't possibly know when the first egg will be laid am i right no sure they do because chicks reach a certain age um, through observation and they lay eggs they know exactly how long the chick has before he lays an egg you mean when she lays an egg right is it she <laughs> well, they, they don't know. They don't know how many of the chicks are hens and how many are roosters. True. That's very, very true, Etienne. Good point. Yeah, they knew all that too. They know the sex of the <laughs> They they look under their in under their drawers. <laughs> I don't want you. I don't. I want you to have tools. I don't want you to be helpless. Especially around people. I, I think it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge of where the expertise lies. And even in the technical space, as we talked about hiring people that are smarter than you, how do you hire people who are smarter than you but don't give your power away? Um, you have no power. There's no, there's no, it's a, your power is in the power of your thinking. You can't, nobody can take your thinking away. That's where your power is. If you don't feel you have any power, that means it's, your mind is is telling you that you don't have any power. If you want power, you, you power cannot be given. Power has to be taken. So anytime you feel you don't have enough power, go grab some because nobody can give it to you. And, and they can't take it away from you either. So don't worry about power. That's in your head. So if I have a subject matter expert who tells me it's going to take three months to accomplish something, I can't just say to them it's going to take two months. They are the subject matter experts. No, you gotta if you if you respect these people, and I know you do because I do. Then we say, tell me what it would take to get it done in two. Yeah. So there is a yeah. There's it's. it's I think it's a question of leadership. So I think it's the basics of leadership, right? Um, in all, yeah, yeah. I know that we really didn't talk about that that word, but yeah, it's just, it's all leadership. Instead of saying, "Hey team, how long is it going to take for us to get this done?" We say, "Hey team, what would it take to get it done in this time?" Yeah, what's it? Yeah, I want this done in these days. What you know? How do we get there? I don't know. When I'm with you, I just feel like I don't know anything. But, but you see how it doesn't just reveal itself. It, you know, some work is involved in, in, in you know, you know, sticking and sticking and sticking to the problem. And who knows, you know, what what the solution is. I didn't, I I could have not in one in the first minute <laughs> have said what I said in the ninetieth minute. You know, I it just. Uh, it's yeah, just, it's a, it's an excavation, it, 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 and and also the re, the reveal doesn't come in the first minute. 
you know, it takes this kind of process to get to maybe what is going on. Yeah, because because it's it's uh, a lot of, you know a lot of doors close. You know, it's like no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And and, and it's you know it, it's just it's just kind of this this idea back and forth. But but um, but I've confronted the same kinds of things you're talking about, except in you know a different medium, you know different different uh, settings different different technologies but but um that's you know that's that's that can be said about a lot although um although there's nothing similar to coding <laughs> not accounting and accounting but there's you know um research and development probably you know um art to some maybe art to some degree, although there you have conventions, um, you know, you have coding conventions and, uh, and coding rules, but it's, it's, the complexity is, is mind boggling and mind boggling. It's, and, um, and I know just by uh, sitting in, in these uh, CTO uh, meetings on Wednesday morning, uh, I start to see what I what I'd never seen before. I mean, that's why, and and the thing that they're talking about now didn't exist six months ago, or twelve months ago, and probably won't exist in this form two years from now. And it's dwarfing, and it's dwarfing technology leaders. Absolutely, and the 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 world that seven CTOs, the technology world that seven CTOs was birthed in, doesn't really exist today. There's just you don't do things. I mean, yes, Google and Amazon still exist, but that's about it. They've all come up with new services. I don't think anybody even talked about Google Cloud. The way they are, Kubernetes didn't exist. DevOps was a was a concept. I don't know. It's crazy. Casey, I uh, I, I want to do this. I want to do this more. I want to sit at your feet. <laughs> I wish we could get together, but there we will. We'll get past this. We're and, uh, and we'll get together. But uh, this is. I'm happy. I'm happy with um, what, whatever I can get. You know, if this is how we communicate, I'm, I'm happy. That's why it's so hard to measure our ROI because we, the things that they would have taken away from their investment didn't happen, so their investment grew. How do you measure? ROI on, on the invisible. Let me just take a stab in the dark here as a novice, but I'm going to say you'd measure that in dollars. Yeah, dollars. That engineer didn't quit because they love working with you. I mean, okay, great. What's the ROI? Well, I, I mean, no one quit. Yeah, and then so yeah, so we develop metrics around like um, employee turnover. So, so the fewer people that turn over, 
you know, the better it is for the organization. And there's this kind of a belief that that's, that's true. Um, and I know it's true when I'm around really uh, seasoned people within the company that know where everything's hidden, you know. I mean, those, you, oh, that's, you know, and then they, they leave and a new person comes in and, and they don't even, you know, there's no way to, to replicate them. You know, they, all that knowledge, all that tribal knowledge goes with them. Even if you had two weeks of cross training, nothing gets transferred. So we, we yeah, we, we recognize that if, you, you know, your people stay, that that's probably a good thing. Now, but that doesn't hold true for managers. That holds true for task and knowledge value workers. Those are the people that actually perform the job that, that the company gets paid from customers. Managers really don't do anything. They really. There was a time when I had a secretary and um, I literally didn't have to do anything. And then someone brought in a, a dumb terminal that was tied to some server and it had Microsoft Word on it. And that was the last time I had a secretary. <laughs> but here's what I found out about middle managers. There was a movement in the early 80s to get rid of the middle layers. See, the fewer layers you have in an organization, the more efficient and effective communication is up and down. And the ideal number of layers in any company is five. That don't go past five. But managers were they were they were they were um, laid off, and they and they came up with an organization model called um, uh, self self supervised self super self managed work groups. And every quarter, uh, one of the people in the work group would be the ninety day supervisor, and that would rotate through. Well, this thing fell apart because. Because the middle managers had all the knowledge. The C-level the guys didn't know anything and the workers didn't know anything. Well, managers had all the knowledge, so they brought the managers back in. But, but, but the managers of today have to be able to do something. You can't be a manager and just have meetings. You have to be able to do something. Now, now you're that guy, obviously. I became that person, too. And uh, otherwise, it wasn't going to... You know, I wasn't going to have a job, and that's the big thing: is is that you can't, you just can't pontificate and hold, you know, you know, make two hundred thousand dollars a year. You got to know how to make something and how to build something. That's doing, and um, and so that's that's the work of management. So when you when you when you plan and when you plan for the organization, like how you want to grow the organization, plan, make your planning horizon the exact amount of time that it takes to implement the biggest project that you would have authority over. So maybe that's three years. So your, your planning horizon should be three years. You should be able to vision three years in the organization. But you're a CEO also. You, you've been the head of your own company. And CEOs are expected to be able to see further out than three years. They got to be able to see five years out. And, um, and, and so the way that you develop that ability is by just, uh, by stretching yourself, you know, if you can see three years out, then four, then, four, you know, because, but you only, 
you see, why do they go five years out? Because they are in charge of initiatives that take five years to accomplish. So you plan, never plan longer than the amount of time it takes to accomplish the initiative. So if, you, takes you, if it takes 30 days for you to do something, don't plan um, a year in advance. Always stay 30 days ahead of it. So that's how you scale your, how far out you need to plan is how long does it take to accomplish, right? Yeah, so it's not just some arbitrary... No. If it's too short, then you'll miss the window. If it's too long, then you're going to have a faulty forecast because the, you know, the longer your vision is, the longer your planning horizon is, the more errors are going to be in the forecast. And the shorter you can make the plan and the planning horizon, the forecast is more accurate. So, so that's, you know, and, and, um, that'll, you know, that'll, that'll keep you steady. And, uh, and the other thing is try to, you know, try to match resources to be perfectly aligned to demand. So make supply and demand equal each other in your enterprise. That means that, that every dollar of resource converts to, um, at least a multiplier of one on the income side. So that's break even. So as high as a multiplier you can get, but, but don't have resources in excess of demand. And that, that's with people, that's with facilities. So, so just, and that's why, that's why, that's what happened in supply chain. That's what we taught all the supply chain managers is that, is that make supply equal demand, but that, and then and then run that supply chain fast and guess what disappeared warehouses so as soon as the economy came to a halt there were no commodities because it relied on motion on the supply chain that's how fast the supply chain is operating and so grocery stores went you know they were they went empty aisles in a matter of a couple of days and then it was a matter of trying to get the supply chain back. See, so that was that was the kind of the risk in managing supply chains is that uh, what if your supply chain is interrupted? Well, we'll have an alternative or a contingency, but nobody forecasted this contingent. Alrighty, friends. Well, thanks again for joining us here in the CTO studio. A big thank you to Casey Kleindienst, who is the Director of Supply Chain Management. He's also a professor at Cal State Fullerton. We thank him for coming on the show and talking about managing expectations. This was part two. Now, we have one more interview scheduled with him, and it's going to really address a topic I think that's near and dear to all of our hearts, which is why we ran out of toilet paper during COVID. If you would, please subscribe to the podcast here in iTunes and do go check out Casey's LinkedIn and 7CTOs.com. We'll see you again next time.